0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Hooked on Sports. This is episode number 221 of the podcast. And thank you so very much for listening in wherever you may be listening. So it's going to be another fun time for you guys to listen to to my rants on the Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills among teams. So that that were atrocious in the divisional round on on uh, over the weekend so we're, we're gonna get into uh, we're gonna get into all the games from the nfl playoffs i'm going to give you some mid-season power rankings for uh, for the nba and uh, and the national hockey league i'll give you where the where the, the, both of those leagues stand in terms of the balance of power later on in in, in the podcast but we, we have so much to unpack from the divisional round of the NFL playoffs so we'll get into each of the games from uh from the weekend uh as as we go along here but I'm compelled to start with the game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars, the first game on the docket over the weekend, and I thought that was that that was a, a critical win, obviously for Kansas City, that they, they host the championship Sunday for the for the fifth straight season, and we'll get into that in a moment, but. The, the, the way Kansas City played for, for most of that game, they, they looked vulnerable at, at times. I thought their defense uh, gave up a lot of opportunities for, for big-time plays, and even though Jacksonville couldn't cash in on some of those, I think Kansas City need, needs, needs to uh, to, uh, to slow down and, and relax. And and knowing that they likely get their championship Sunday game at home after all, after the dumb neutral site uh shenanigans that the NFL wanted to implement uh f- following how the how the seedings were set up across the across the NFL this year. So, uh, so I thought that was uh, a, a motivating va- factor for everyone involved uh, in in the setup, but. I I thought there there were times where Kansas City was strong, and I think they needed a Hall of Fame performance from Travis Kelsey, and he he was he just dominated the entire game. Jacksonville has, has had problems covering tight ends all year, just as much as opponents covered uh, ha, ha, as much as opponents had covering Evan Ingram. But the, but that, that was a really strong um, um, and needed performance from Travis Kelsey, a couple of touchdowns, 14 receptions, uh, he, uh, he was just unbelievable, and he, and he was such a bedrock for, for Patrick Mahomes and Chad Henney who came in when Patrick Mahomes suffered a high ankle sprain in, sprain in the first half. Of the uh, of uh, of that game, and and so Patrick Mahomes was unavailable for, for for a drive in the second quarter, but Andy Reid dialed up as good as good a drive, as good a sequence of plays as you've ever seen. Uh, Andy Reid uh, call him with with Chad Henney uh, understood, They started deep in Jacksonville territory, uh, deep in deep in uh, their own territory, and they marched down the field 90 plus yards for. Uh, for a touchdown to uh, um, to to, ba- to basically uh, get, give the Chiefs enough of a cushion to to allow themselves to do the things they wanted to do to close out the game in the second half. And on the flip side, I I thought this was a trem- a really strong and tremendous season for Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I I, I think this is this is going to be a little bit a bit of a tough pill to swallow if you are. A fan of the Jaguars because because Jacksonville had played as well as anybody in the second uh, down the stretch of the season in, in the second half. They, obviously, they won the division. They won um, a playoff game uh, despite trailing twenty seven to nothing. And, and and Kansas City's defense, the way they played, so Jacksonville had a lot of opportunities to uh, to go down and win that game. But I think but the but the, the, the where Jacksonville lost that game was in the fourth quarter. Down 27 to 17, the uh, Jacksonville was driving. They uh, they had a really strong drive going, a- and then then you had the, the fumble by Kirk, and then two plays later, uh, Trevor Lawrence throws a mind-numbing interception, uh, which, which basically ca- uh, kept the Jaguars from from making it interesting and 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 get, gave themselves an opportunity to win the game. Right there. Instead, it's a uh, they they only mustered a field goal in the fourth quarter to um, to, to lose by seven and allow the Jacks plus, Jacksonville plus eight and a half betters like me to win that game. So, but ultimately, it was one where Kansas City uh wound up winning the game because. Um, they had the better quarterback, and now, it, now Championship Sunday has uh, Mahomes' high ankle sprain is is going to be a topic of conversation uh, leading up in, in into this week. But I don't see it as much of an issue when it comes to Mahomes because the last time he suffered a high ankle sprain uh, of this of this type was a few years ago when when he played the Jaguars. In uh, week one, suffer, uh, uh, suffered an injury and then threw 440 yards against the Raiders. Now, Cincinnati, who we're going to get into in a, in, a, in, a, in a few minutes, is going to be a different story when you look at the defense, but... But Kansas City has been tremendous uh, all, all year, uh, all year long, especially offensively. And Patrick Mahomes showed early, early on, on why he was the MVP of the National Football League this uh, this season. So Chiefs fans obviously should be excited. And and let's say this about Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is is carving out a brilliant legacy right before our eyes. And this is the fifth straight year that, uh, the AFC Championship game will be held at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. And, and and the fact that it's five years in a row, and all five years at home, and think about what you have to do to have five straight AFC Championship games, and your home stadium—it's it, a lot of winning uh, uh, d- during the regular season needed. And Patrick Mahomes has done so much winning. It's—I mean—it's not—it's it, it, not even fair compared to the rest of the league when you have the best coach in the league, the um, uh, and the best quarterback in the NFL, but. What Patrick Mahomes is doing, or oh, 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 throughout his career, is, is to uh, not only to the AFC West but to the AFC, is what Tom Brady did to uh, you know, for a period of eight, 15, 20 years with the Patriots. So, so, so Mahomes is is in a league of his, uh, a league of his own, in in terms of the mo- uh, in terms of the most dynamic player and the and the quarterback in in the NFL with everything he does. So we're gonna uh, so. Um, so we're going to get into that. And they're going to take on the Cincinnati Bengals, who, uh, who, who went, marched into Buffalo, and, and kicked the asses of Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, and the Buffalo Bills. And Cincinnati went out, went out, set a tone early on. Uh, they, they, they came, they came in doing business. They go up 14 to nothing, and then they put all the pressure on Josh Allen to, uh, to try, uh, try to try and navigate... A, a miraculous win behind bad offensive line play, and and they 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 just couldn't get it done. And we we, we I talked uh, all week last week about the Bengals' offensive line issues and how I thought they're going to be a big impact in this game. Well, it was the Bills' offensive line. Uh, that that grossly underperformed, and 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 the way the Bengals were winning the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, uh, that the uh, that Cincinnati's O line was able to neutralize the likes of Ed Oliver and Greg Rousseau and Matt Milano and others, and and and, and then offensively they won the line of scrimmage enough uh, such uh, such that. Josh Allen couldn't get the ball to his to his big playmaker Stefan Diggs and and basically forced Josh Allen to uh, to throw to his secondary receivers and and that wasn't going to cut it against excellent defensive back play and uh, and a defense that's brilliantly coached by Lou Anarumo so this is tremendous stuff for the Cincinnati Bengals, and 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 Joe Burrow was dynamite last uh, yesterday on Sunday. Three hundred forty-two yards passing, two touchdowns, twenty-three of thirty-six passing. Yeah, and he and he is so tough as nails, and is and and and, and has has ice in his veins uh, when it comes to the big spots. And 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 this was far from uh, from an ideal climate for Cincinnati. It, it, it was snowing. It was. Temperatures were in the 30s. The 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 ball was an issue. That didn't matter to Joe Burrow, and 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 yes, he he should have had a third touchdown pass if it wasn't for, I mean, if if it was for um, it's Jamar. Uh, what if it was for Jamar Chase not maintaining possession of the ball in the first half, and and you still wonder what a catch is in this National Football League. Some, but it, it didn't matter in the end because because Cincinnati thoroughly dominated this game both offensively and defensively, and and and, and they, they 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 took the NFL's uh, decision to uh, to start selling um, as. Uh, a pre-sale tickets for a, a potential Bills Chiefs AFC Championship game personally that they 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 have a track record of winning on the road they uh, this, uh with, with this group before Burrow came uh, Cincinnati had never won a road playoff game in seven tries now, now here they are in in, uh, in their fourth attempt on a championship Sunday attempting to go 4-0 uh, in uh, under Joe Burrow uh, uh, on the road in the playoffs, so it speaks to everything about what Joe Burrow is and 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 how much Joe Burrow has changed the franchise for good and 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 why Joe Burrow is already on the Mount Rushmore of of Bengals franchise greats. So I so, so that, that that speaks to uh, speaks to the confidence level of Cincinnati, and I, and I think we need to give some props to Zach Taylor here because. I remember having this conversation a couple of years ago uh, about Zach Taylor and why the Bengals could not fire him after, uh, after the 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 um I think they won four games in 2020 something like that. But we had this conversation that that Joe Burrow cannot afford a a second offensive of uh, a, a second offensive oriented coach in as many years, and the the coaches that got fired for. Uh, for, for for different types of things, but so but the patience that that Zach Taylor has had with this group uh, uh, has been quietly uh, flow, uh, flying under the radar. And if you are a Bengals fan, you've you've got to you've got to feel pumped that Zach Taylor is, is the right guy for this position. And well, we, we we saw so, we saw some of that um, crisis management when it came to the Demar Hamlin incident and the, and the the cardiac arrest uh, uh, in Cincinnati er, um earlier um this month and, 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 he, and he's got, and, and now he's got these guys buttoned up and, and playing confident football and, and, and they're, they're, they're playing, they're, I, I, this Bengals team to me is playing better than, than they did all of last year in the playoffs and, so they're, they're, they're um, winning the line of scrimmage, they're winning the turnover battle, and now, now if they do it one more time on Championship Sunday against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes and the, and, and and the and the I I, I took the uh, I took that personally toward when it came to Kansas City and everything that transpired with Tyree Kill during the off season. You you bet it's go, it's gonna be an epic showdown at Arrowhead on Sunday night um, under under the lights at Arrowhead. So it it we a tremendous tremendous AFC Championship game between uh, be, between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, uh, 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 at Owlhead Stadium on Sunday night. And we'll, and, we'll, and we'll we'll handicap the game later in the week. So now on to the NFC, and and I'm compelled to talk first about the game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys and and, and th- I mean th- there are some anti Dallas and there is some pro San Francisco in this and, and and I think San Francisco defensively the star of that game was Fred Warner because Fred Warner came uh, came obviously came up with the with an interception or earlier uh, in, in the first half to thwart a Dallas opportunity to, uh, on, on a ball deflected by by um by by, by Jimmy Ward and and, and then uh, and then his ability to to cover Dalton Schultz and he took away a couple of touchdowns from him with, based on his uh, based on his um based on his one of one um c- coverage play as a linebacker it, it, it is unbelievable what uh, what he's been able to do and and th- there's a there was a reason he was named first team all pro he uh, he is such such an amazing asset for for San Francisco and that's why he uh, he got uh, the money he did why otherwise the 49ers extended him during uh, uh, a couple of well, a couple of winters ago so it, so if you are a 49ers fan Fred Warner was was the story uh, of the game defensively and 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 then offensively uh, you you have um, you had Brock Purdy uh, effectively manage the game no, no real critical mistakes on his part, and, 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 and and, and I thought, Brock Purdy played tremendous in the fourth quarter, and and most most especially the the drive uh, that that le- led to the field goal at the end to make to turn a four point game into a seven point game. Uh, he he made tough clutch throws on throwdowns downs um, to uh, to um, to to some of his uh, key players like Brandon Ayuk uh, was was so tough in that drive as was Debo Samuel George Kittle was fantastic. He made an incredible. Circus catch, uh, uh, uh taping t- 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 the ball uh, with him in the third quarter, which kick started San Francisco's touchdown drive that started that finished with a Christian McCaffrey touchdown at the first play of the fourth quarter. And and, and the 49ers were able to, t- t- to do just enough offensively to win that game. Now, on to Dallas, and th- th- this was the a type of game where. The Cowboys' defense was fantastic. The Cowboys played their butts off um, for for sixty minutes defensively. That, so, so that Micah Parsons was was, was able to uh, to do some damage. Uh, he he uh, he beat Trent Williams for a sack. So uh, they they were able to uh, to limit San Francisco to field goals in the first half. They were uh, and they were able to. Uh, put, put themselves in a position to uh, to win the game, and the special teams ma- made a, made a big play um, in the um it's uh, in in the third quarter on on Ray Ray McLeod's muffed punt fumble that that I, I credit Dallas for, for 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 how they did that. Obviously the line drive punt, uh, which, which caught Ray Ray McLeod by surprise, and, and then then of course the fumble um th- thereafter with, with, and and then Dallas uh, w- uh, would have to settle for a field goal there but the big culprit uh, for the Cowboys and and yes there th- there are some uh, some culprits number 1 Mike McCar- uh, I mean Mike McCarthy had, w- w- was bad in terms of in-game management in terms of using his timeouts and that and and, and, and do- doing different things there but the number 1 reason the Cowboys lost that game on Sunday was Dak Prescott and we, we we gloated about Dak Prescott on, on last week's uh, on last week's show because it was it was Tuesday. I um, mean, the, the day after the Cowboys won their first road playoff game in thirty years, taking down the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But but what we saw from Dak Prescott was was what it's like to uh, to face a well coached, uh, well disciplined football team of uh, uh much more much better than what we saw with the uh, with with Tampa Bay but the 40, uh, the 49ers were uh, uh were inc- incredible in in terms of stopping Dak Prescott but D- Dak Prescott ne- needed to uh, needed to uh, to carry the team on his back when Tony Pollard went down with the injury in the first half, and 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 then as a result of that, that, that allowed the 49ers to key in on on stopping uh, Dak Prescott because they knew Ezekiel Elliott was not going to be much of a factor. He uh, he didn't show up for, uh, for in the second half when he had to after the Tony Pollard injury, and and, and Dak Prescott were, played bad. and he uh, he he threw two interceptions, should have had a pick six. Um, in the last three, the last three minutes of the game, uh, but uh, but but nonetheless, uh, you, you you look at uh, how how everyone evaluated Dak and the the narrative going into the season for the Cowboys revolved around Dak Prescott and the forty million dollar salary and and his um ab- his ability to win to win playoff games at big spots ag- against good teams, and he, and he did not change the narrative on that be- or, uh, enough. Uh, for for the narrative to change from from da- D- Dak Prescott is just a guy to, to to guy that can carry a team on his back, and 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 th- there were times where th- where Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt said on the pod on, on the show that th- th- this is where legends are made of when it comes to uh, w- when when it comes to the Cowboys when it uh, when it comes to Dak Prescott and the and the moments so when 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 the light lights are brightest. They 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 showed they showed up when it mattered the most. So, I I so in terms of where I think the Cowboys go, I you you don't fire Mike McCarthy. You don't fire a coach that's won twelve games each of each of his past two seasons. I think Dallas is going to be back in the playoff conversation next year. I think they're they're a playoff team again next year with that defense and with and and with that offensive line, but. There's gonna be some serious, uh, uh, uh serious, um, uh, uh, decisions this off season about what what they do about Tony Power and and Dak and, and Dak Prescott, but. So, but but again, this uh, get This is this type of performance was also another reason why the decision to extend Ezekiel Elliott and give him that that big contract when they did was so sh- uh, short-sighted. Because first of all, Ezekiel Elliott was, uh, uh, has not even been close to uh, to production from from what he was his fr- uh, his rookie season, where he was the best running back in football. So, but, but that fifteen million dollars. So that they gave a running back, they they could have been used on another linebacker. They could it, it could have been used on, on on another def piece for for offensive line uh, to uh, to to um to help out the the defender maybe they, they that money could have been used to keep amari cooper amari cooper not being available and not being on that team was was going to play a big factor for the cowboys and that was a big loss and dallas really needed amari cooper and and and, and the statistics uh of uh, from Dak from uh um, of Dak Prescott, when he has Amari Cooper on the field to when, when he doesn't, it, it is night and day, and, and, and the, and the Cowboys, again, their salary cap um, decisions, and their salary cap mismanagement, it, a it, 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 leads us to the point where Dak Prescott just simply can't carry a team on his back, uh, when, when it matters the most, because, um, because listen, there, there are a lot of guys that want to play for the Cowboys. They they want they want uh, the the benefits of of playing with Jerry Jones and the and the elaborate stadium and, and the and, and the personal benefits that that come with it with uh, with the franchise, but. The, uh, couldn't do that Also, also re- remember when Odell Beckham Jr Well w- they were talking about him Signing with the Cowboys Well uh, he, he, he might not might not Be 100% from, from the ACL injury But I think he still could have contributed and I think he, he could have made a difference For the Cowboys But uh, but no, nonetheless It, it, it is a, another waste of a season for the Dallas Cowboys And another season The 27th season uh, Year in a row where um, where uh, many many football fans around the country celebrated Dallas Cowboys elimination day before Championship Sunday, and that's exactly what happened. The Cowboys have have now been to the postseason 12 straight times without going to the conference championship game, and, and it, it is the fourth longest uh, such drought in NFL history, and, and it speaks uh, a lot to about how the, how the Cowboys have mismanaged their their salary cap over over the years. So so the 49ers are on to the NFC Championship game to take on a, and visit the Philadelphia Eagles who destroyed the New York Giants 38 to 7 on Saturday night. And look, this, this uh, the, the Giants got their asses kicked. And it, they they got their they got their butts kicked from the beginning, and I knew when Philadelphia went up fourteen nothing, and and the way the way the game script was going, Brian Dable, I didn't understand going going for it on fourth and eight in the first quarter. So uh, so. I I I thought it was this was a type where Jalen Hurts was great, Lane Johnson coming back made a huge difference and neutralized Kavon Tippita uh, and who who ne- needed to win his battles in order to help the Giants w- win that football game and obviously they uh, just didn't happen and 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 here we are with the Eagles hosting championship Sunday for so for the second time in in 6 years and and they're going to take on San Francisco so it was a it was an excellent season for the Giants. They have a lot of work to do. Um, Joe Joe Shane said that uh, in his press conference today that that he he uh, he would like to have Saquon Barkley if if they can uh, get get uh, get things worked out. Meaning that Sa- that Saquon Barkley is probably not uh, is probably wants more than than thirteen million dollars uh, uh, per year on his contract. And there's and Joe Shane said there's a certain limit to. Um, uh, just, just having Saquon Barkley back on this team, but look, the the Giants have a lot of ta- a, a, a lot of uh, areas uh, on, on the roster where they seriously lack talent and depth, and and that, that that's going to be the key here for 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 Joe Shane and Brian Dable uh, when when it comes to. Um, the 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 twenty twenty three uh off season which is get which is gonna be a critical one that that they uh, he said he'd love to have Daniel Jones back but we'll see how, how that how that factors into the salary cap so um it, it, it and and, he, and and Joe Shane rightfully acknowledged that that and that that they're gonna they're gonna be smart and responsible for spending and and, and they won't spend like the drunken sailors like Jerry Reese and Dave Gellerman did for. Uh, for for the last six years, so I I, I think well on, on that regard I think uh, it, it's it's worth noting here that send that the Giants have the right general manager and the right head coach. At the right time, and 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 look, and they're going to have to address the 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 cap issue when it comes to Leonard Williams, and and we'll see if the Giants can do something about that to lower his cap hit a little bit. But my my hope is for the Giants they are, they won't have to restructure his contract and defer. Um, uh, the, the defer the, uh, defer money to, uh, to save it as dead cap, and the Giants only really have one source of dead cap going into next off season and that is, um, the, the money they don't have from, uh, the, the, is the money they would, uh, that was guaranteed to Kadarius Tony, so... Right, so I I so the Giants are in, in a position to uh, to, spend, uh, to 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 improve the team in free agency, but I don't I don't expect them to to uh, to go uh f- full on all out uh un, 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 unless there are trades to help with the salary cap situation, and then when 2024 comes, when Lennon Williams' contract expires, when Adoree Jackson's contract expires, it it should be all sorts of fun for Brian Dable, Joe Shane, of the New York football giants all right everybody now it's time for some other topics in in the world of sports that i want to be discussed a couple of quick things on on on, around major league baseball number one is the hall of fame announcement is going to take place tonight and there are uh, the Baseball Writers Association vote will come out for the class of 2023. And and there are, as of mid, uh, midnight, 170, uh, 177 public ballots known, in which, um, w- in which there's about uh, more than half to go until the official uh, b- ballots are revealed. And so far, the only two uh, candidates that are uh, currently on the list to be close to uh going to the Hall of Fame are Scott Rowland and Todd Helton um, and and I think Scott Rowland, he, he was awesome on those Cardinals teams and those Phillies teams in the late 90s and the mid2000s and and and, and he was just a, a terrific terrific third baseman for, a a, lo- a long time because I because I remember he was with Cincinnati for a, few, a couple of years, helped them win a, a couple of division crowns, uh, a- along the way. Then the Cardinals. He spent time with a couple of years with the Blue Jays. Then went and then of course he started in Philadelphia. He um, he was a, a an eight time Gold Glover, won a Silver Slugger. He was a seven time All Star, and and. And I think Scott Rowland has a uh, has a case for, for for the Hall of Fame with with what he has right now. But and and the other is Todd Helton. Now Todd Helton played uh, played his entire career with Colorado at Coors Field, so so sure his numbers might be um, inflated, uh, right? But. His OPS was fam- was phenomenal in, in his prime, and I want to take a look, and, and I want to give you a stretch, a a stretch of uh, a um a five year stretch to his age twenty six to age thirty seasons, and. And in that that five season span, he hit 349, hit 186 home runs, drove in 615 runs, averaged 37 homers, 123 RBIs a season. so had more walks than strikeouts. Had, uh, had close to a thousand hits. He led the league um, in, in in batting average, RBIs, and OPS in 2000. And he had an OPS plus of 160, which which was incredible um, for that time. Of course, anything over 140 is, is tremendous, but 160 over a five-year span, and he, and he stayed healthy in the process too. And that is just off the charts incredible. So I think Todd Helton deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and he's the single greatest player in, in Colorado Rockies history. So I think he he deserves a spot in Cooperstown, and the Rockies will finally get someone, with with, with their with their cap, uh, in 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 the halls of Cooperstown. So it'll it'll be fun for Rockies fans to to flood, um, uh, to, to to flood um the um. So the, the the Hall of Fame when if if and when he is inducted in in, in July, so it's gonna be incredible for that. The second thing I wanted to uh, to touch on in baseball is that Artie Moreno announced that he uh, he, he uh, that he won't be selling the team and he's gonna to continue to own the LA Angels in twenty twenty three and beyond and. That, that, that's got to be a, a punch to the gut for all the Angels fans that were hoping for better ownership at, at, oh, and the failures of the franchise over the last 20 years. And I think the biggest failure of them all is the inability to get Mike Trout to win a playoff game. And and, and, Angel, and, and Angels fans have to feel sick to their stomach and, and also the fear of potentially Shohei Otani. Elite leaving the Angels in free agency, and the chances uh, of that happening increased significantly with this announcement. Maybe he goes to the Padres, the Dodgers, the Mets. Those are the three teams of uh, that that are, that are reportedly uh, pinning their entire offseason next season on, on whether or not they can land the services of Shohei Ohtani for what I believe would be the rest of his career. So... It's it's gonna be something. It's uh, the Shohei Otani sweepstakes are gonna be, they're gonna be baseball's version of the summer of LeBron in twenty ten when, so when he had he, he choose between the Cavs, the Knicks, Miami, uh, the Miami Heat, and, and all that, and then, then and then of course Miami lured LeBron in by signing Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, but both uh, all of them from the same draft class in two thousand three. And then LeBron always uh, took his talents to South Beach, so the 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 winter of Otani is going to be unlike anything we've seen. Um, in in Major League Baseball, so it's, there's going to be a lot of a buzz and publicity uh, regarding that. And I think, and I and I, and I do think, even though o- o- Otani would be leaving the, t- the team to go somewhere, I think that would be great for for the buzz in in Major League Baseball. So. It's gonna it's gonna be a fun um, off season for, for 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 baseball fans that are interested in in what happens with Shohei Ohtani. So now I did promise that we were going to have uh, some power rankings uh, this week, and I have not talked about hockey all season long. So but so I think it's time for for you guys to get some hockey takes. So I'm gonna power rank the five the top five teams in the National Hockey League um so so far. So number five is the Seattle Kraken and the Kraken are are a fun story this year because I mean I, and I figured that Seattle was going to take a, a leap somehow I mean given that I I think I infamously picked Seattle to make the playoffs in their for in, in their season as an expansion season like what happened with with Vegas a few years ago by but Matthew Beniers has been tremendous as a rookie, a frontline center. He's playing so well with Jordan Everly. Yeah, he, he is an All Star this year, and 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 they're just they just came off of a, a seven-game road trip where they won every single game of that road trip, and they became the first team to beat the Bruins at TD Garden in regulation this season. And, and and right now they are they look like the team to beat in the in the what is a rather weak Pacific Division but but Seattle has been tremendous nonetheless. Number 4 is the Dallas Stars and to me the Stars are the best in the West and and it all starts with my with Jason Robertson who has been a scoring machine and entering Monday night's action he ranked 5th in the National Hockey League with 31 goals and 64 points, and my guy Joe Pavelski is killing it at age 38, he entered Mo- Monday's action tied for the best plus minus in the league at th- uh, 33, and he's a first Bell Hall of Famer, and Jake Ottinger has been awesome as well uh, as, the, as the netkeeper, as he has a to a 926 save percentage, so I right now the Dallas Stars are, are a team that, that that can make a run here and go to the Stanley Cup Finals with the way they're playing, both offensively and defensively. Number three is the New Jersey Devils, and the Devils have been one of the best stories in the NHL this season, and, I mean, a, a team that was a perennial loser, post-Marty Boudoir and and all the mishaps, and... And all this, all the dysfunction within that organization. But the New Jersey Devils have been outstanding this year, and Jack Hughes has been uh, has changed the attitude around this franchise. He so he leads the team with 30 goals and 58 points, and Dougie Hamilton has been excellent anchoring the defense, and he scored the overtime goal against Pittsburgh on on Monday night and, and on Sunday night, and then. And then Vitek Vanecek has won his last seven starts in front of Ned and he was tremendous against Pittsburgh, uh, making 25 saves and allowing just a Sidney Crosby goal, and they have the best road record in the National Hockey League at 18-2-2. Number two on my list is the Carolina Hurricanes, and you you you've known for a couple of years, and you've known uh, since my podcast started that I've been obsessed with how Carol uh, how Carolina plays hockey. They are they are a fun team to watch. They they are a fast and physical uh, hockey team, and and Sebastian Ajo is doing doing a tremendous job anchoring uh, the skaters, and and he scored a hat trick on Saturday in their five two win over the the slumping Islanders, and the goaltenders have been strong, but, but getting Freddie Anderson back is has was huge for this that team, and, and the way he's won his first four starts is coming back from an injury that kept him on the shelves for a couple of months, and allowed just seven goals in those five wins, and they were needed after they went on a two-week slide to start the new year following an 11-game winning streak to end the... Uh, the, the last calendar year and I think they're the team that gives the Bruins the biggest fits in the Eastern Conference and I wouldn't be surprised if if the two teams met in the Eastern Conference Finals this spring and uh, obviously last time Carolina played Boston in, in the conference final uh, finals that uh, that Boston showed them uh, showed them the door they got swept in four games. Before ultimately losing to Jordan Bennington and the Blues in the Stanley Cup Finals in in 2019, and number one obviously is the Boston Bruins, and and, and it is ju- it has just been a, a, a complete and total domination uh, th- uh, th- throughout the first half of the season, and and, and there are so so many inc- uh, inc- incredible um, um, performances this season, no- none more so than the. Uh, Than the job done by Linus Allmark, who is 25 and two this season, had a 9.38 save percentage, allowed has allowed 1.82 goals per game, and David Pasternak has 36 goals, which was second in the NHL behind Connor McDavid, and Hampus Lindholm on defense has uh, is tied for the best plus minus in the league uh, this season with plus 33 alongside. Joe Pavelski, and that the line of Charlie McAvoy and Matt Grezelik has been awesome and fun to watch. And did you see that goal Charlie McAvoy had against the Sharks on Sunday night? I mean, my goodness, he is an incredible talent. He is, fu- he is from um, he is he grew up nearby. It, Uh, where I I live, in Long Island, and Jim Montgomery has done a tremendous job elevating the Bruins this season, uh, following all the near misses from from Bruce Cassidy in his six seasons with the Boston Bruins. And now I want to give you a a wrap-up by giving you my mid-season power rankings in the NBA, so... Um, but so uh, everyone's a little more than halfway done through their regular season schedules so I want to give you um my my uh, my, my top 5 teams um uh, since uh, since the um um of I mean, uh, throughout the season so far so I want to, I, I want to g- give you number one, which is, uh, I'll start with five, uh, I'll go five to one just like the others. Number five, I have the Brooklyn Nets, and, and the Brooklyn Nets picked up a key win over Boston last night, and I, uh, over, um, Golden State on Sunday night and Kyrie Irving has stepped up big time since Kevin Durant went down with the injury and and, t- and and Kyrie's numbers have been really strong and he's he's averaged 27 points five rebounds five assists this season and and in the t- in, in his last two games he he dropped 48 11 and six on Utah and 38 seven and nine on Golden State. Uh, in in San Francisco, where the Warriors are seventeen and five at home this season. So, so, so you, you could talk about the Nets and and what and what what they've been able to do, but 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 Jacques Vaughn has done an unbelievable job t- turning turning their season around after the after the disaster known as um, a, a, as Steve Nash was shown the door in in Brooklyn. Number four is the Milwaukee Bucks, and and if you had any doubts on on how I feel about Milwaukee, th- th- think about how or think about what you saw last night in in in, in their victory over um over the Pistons. They dropped one fifty on, on on Detroit, and Giannis 20, uh, 29 points in twenty seven minutes, and. Brooke Lopez was dominant. Uh, Drew Holiday was dominant. Bobby Portis was dominant. And Chris Middleton is just getting his feet wet. Um, after missing the last six weeks due to an injury. So, I I still think at the end of the day, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are the team that can uh, g- give uh, give the Celtics fits in, uh, in a seven game series. I mean they, they I mean Giannis took Boston. Uh, to seven games uh, without without his second best player Chris Middleton and and I think you're going you're going to see uh, a a Milwaukee Bucks team that can absolutely go on a run and win and and win fifty five games to, uh, total during the regular season so I think it should be a fun second half for for the fans of the Milwaukee Bucks number three is the Memphis Grizzlies and. And and John Moran has just been unbelievable this year. He's uh, he's he's elevated his game to another level. Uh, the uh, the Memphis has the second best point uh, point per game differential in the NBA, and they they had an eleven game winning streak snap this weekend with a couple of narrow losses uh, to the Lakers and the Suns, and and and, and it's not just Ja that's that's been great. It's been. It's been John. It's been Desmond Bain. It's been Jaron Jackson. All of them are 24 or, or younger. Dylan Brooks has been great at age 27, and and look, there, there was a reason that they they could uh, that they went toe to toe with the eventual NBA champs last year in the conference semis and and look Mem- Memphis looks like a team primed for a run at least to the Western Conference finals this spring and and, and their, their defensive rating in the NBA has been the, has been the best so so that's where, where where Memphis is in terms of of the conversation uh, over there number 2 is uh, is the Denver Nuggets and it's possible Nikola Jokic could win uh, league MVP for th- three years in a row. He's been tremendous. He's averaged basically a triple double. Um, and then they they, they had, the Nets had uh, the Nuggets had went uh, gone on a stretch where they won sixteen of eighteen games before losing at home to Shea Gilgis Alexander and and the Oklahoma City Thunder last night at at home uh, without him. And Jamal Murray has been excellent stepping out without Jokic the last couple of games and. And, and and as of now, they have, um, as a th- they they have a a one and a half game lead over uh, over Memphis for the top spot in the uh, in the in the Western Conference, and and right now, uh, n- number one is the. Boston Celtics and the, the and the Celtics they have the total package they have the 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 perfect group of stars for the season in Jason Tatum Jalen Brown Marcus Smart Al Horford but. No, nobody's been better than the Celtics this year. Tatum, uh, it, if you thought he couldn't elevate his game further from that Finals loss to uh, Golden State last year, well, thank again. I um, mean, he he's average. Uh, I mean, he he's averaging thirty one points per game this year, and 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 in the eight games he started on Boston's nine game winning streak um uh that's still going on he's averaged uh, 33 10 and 6 and he led the league in free throw percentage um the team leads the league in free throw percentage they're second in made threes and second in points per game they have a top 10 defense so everything is going strong here for i mean if if you are a fan of the Boston Celtics and and and, and by the way they're going to enter today's action 4 games ahead of Philadelphia for uh, for the top seed in, in the Eastern Conference, and, 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 and even, even, even though they, 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 took a loss today, um, at, in, at the hands of the Orlando Magic, and, and, and Pablo Bonchero. so that was a, 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 very, very good victory by the, by the Magic, so, um, it, it it's, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun wa- watching them play, um, d- um, down the stretch, and Boston's still capable of winning sixty games this year. I think that's so that that's a reasonable expectation for Boston and how and how they pull away from the pack in the second half. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh how many wins the Celtics uh accumulate between now and the end of the regular season. Then and then we anticipate that they'll be the top seed in 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 the NBA and have the NBA Finals go through Boston if, if they if they um, make it there so that'll do it for this edition of hooked on sports and we'll be back here on the podcast later in the week um, to uh, to break down everything uh, for the need to know from championship Sunday for championship Sunday at the National Football League so um this uh, so it it's going to be a, a, a two epic matchups to determine the uh, the, the teams that will play in the Super Bowl so and so you're going to have a, a breakdown all here uh, Thursday or Friday so until then this is John Flynn saying so long and I'll be back here then so long everybody